Welcome to episode two of the Willow Hill podcast. I'm Pastor Joe, and today we will be looking to one of the Psalms and discussing pain, problems, and God's plan. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're enjoying the content so far. I mentioned yesterday that we desire not just to put lessons, but daily devotions up throughout the week and spur conversations with your family and friends to help you to grow in seeing God and his work in your life every day. Over the next few weeks, I plan to focus on the Psalms and each day to pick a Psalm and talk our way through what it means and how it should affect our lives. If you're enjoying the content, please share it with a friend. We are currently on Spotify and Anchor, but it should roll out to more podcast services in the coming days and weeks. So on to the topic at hand. What is the Christian supposed to think about passages of Scripture like Psalm 91 and the problem of pain and suffering in our lives? Passages like Psalm 91 have comforted and encouraged countless Christians as they face down uncertainty and difficulty. But they can also leave us with a false sense of what God is doing in this world and what he promises for those who trust him. Last night, my family sat down to do devotions, and we read through a meditation on this passage written by John Piper in his book, Taste and See. We had a great discussion about this passage and the truth it conveys, and I thought it might be fitting for today's daily devotional. I'm going to read the psalm and then discuss what it's saying for a bit. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions. Under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by the day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample under your feet. Because he holds fast to me, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in times of trouble and I will rescue and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So what are we to make of this passage? Is it promising that one who trusts in the Lord will never die in battle? That he or she will never get sick? That they will never fall? Some have affirmatively claimed that, yes, I can be assured that I will not get the coronavirus or the flu or cancer because I'm trusting in the Lord. Or to conversely assert that because tragedy struck someone's home, they are certainly not trusting God and that he is punishing them instead. I think we all perceive that this is not the proper way to view this text, for we know godly, faithful people who have suffered, and we know wicked people who have flourished. 
We may have even been looking to obstacles and trials in our own lives and questioning how God could really be in it. If Psalm 91 is true, then how can I be suffering as I am? One of the most revelatory passages to help us with this one is Matthew 4, the passage describing Jesus' temptation in the desert. Some of you will recognize verse 12 in Psalm 91 because it was quoted by Satan to Jesus. Satan tempted Jesus to jump off the tower, for God said he wouldn't allow Jesus' foot to strike a stone in this passage. And let's be honest, if there was anyone that God would save, it would be Jesus. We may doubt that we are really good because we know that we're imperfect. But if there's anyone who really trusted in the Lord, it would have been Christ. What was Jesus' response? Well, he quotes scripture and tells Satan not to put God to the test. What we are seeing here is that Satan's interpretation of Psalm 91 was absolute. If you trust God, he will not allow you to suffer. You will not feel pain. You will not be disappointed. You will be physically spared and provided for in this life. However, Jesus is telling Satan that his impression of this text is wrong. I think a better way to see and understand this text is to see that no harm will befall the one who trusts in the Lord except by the allowance of the hand of God. I'll say that one more time. No harm befalls the one who trusts in the Lord except by the allowance of the hand of God. Think of the life of Jesus. Did he experience suffering? Certainly. And think of Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. What decreed that Jesus would experience that? It was by God the Father's decree. Even the life of David was filled with suffering and pain. I think that this passage assures us that God is in control and even has a say about the horrible things that are happening in this world. Then why would he allow these things? Why would he give me cancer? Why would he allow a global pandemic? Why would he allow my child to die? Why would he take away this relationship? Romans 8 gives us a very helpful explanation of God's purposes in the lives of people that are full of suffering. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now, is this good that is promised in the verse unqualified? No, it's not. It is explained to have a specific purpose in verse 29. It's making us like Jesus. I don't know what suffering you're carrying with you today. I do know that if you're experiencing it, it has been allowed by the hand of God. No, it is not a symbol that God is punishing you. No, it is not a symbol that God cannot help you. No, it is not a symbol that God hates you. You see, it's explained in verse 32. He says, what could he give you that's better than Jesus? That's better than forgiveness? That's better than purpose and meaning and hope? You see, he's already given you the best thing. I want to encourage you to see that God sees things much bigger than we do. His plan involves more than just our material universe, more than just the time that we spend from cradle to the grave. We need to trust the Lord and understand that if we are experiencing suffering, 
It is not random. It is not meaningless. It is not purposeless. God wants to use it to make us more like Jesus, compassionate like Jesus, patient like Jesus, loving like Jesus, steadfast like Jesus. Jesus himself in John 16 says, In this world you will have many tribulations, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Ask God today to help you to see how he wants you to grow through the trying times that you are enduring right now. Have the heart of Jesus that says, Not my will, but yours be done. I know that nothing bad can happen to me unless it comes through your hand first, O God. And that thing is designed not for my destruction, but for my good, to make me more like Jesus. I pray that you would embrace this life of faith today. This production has been for the congregation of Willow Hill Baptist Church in Willoughby, Ohio. If you're in the Cleveland area, we would love to connect with you. You can reach out to me via my email at pastorjoe at willowhill.com. Please leave a review or share this episode with your friends. Music for the Willow Hill podcast provided by Scott Holmes.